Hello, and welcome to Missing an Audience. In each episode, a different guest from the arts world will talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected their practice, how they see things changing going forwards, and about their memories of being part of or creating for audiences. Our aim with this podcast is to hear from and reach as many different people working or studying in the arts as possible, to connect over what we miss and have lost, what we have to look forward to, and what needs to change. We also hope to spread awareness of charities or arts groups struggling at this time. We need the arts, and we need audiences. Culture is for entertainment, protest, education, therapy, employment, inspiration and connection. It must survive. Our guest today is actor Joshua St. Clair. A graduate of Arts Educational Drama School, Joshua has appeared in a number of high-profile musicals and performed as a dancer at the What's On Stage Awards. His credits include Josie Rourke's West End production of City of Angels, School of Rock, Wicked, the UK tour of Kinky Boots, and the 2015 gala celebration of the career of Stephen Sondheim, Hey Old Friends. Earlier this year, Joshua was cast as Pabby in the upcoming London transfer of Disney's Frozen the Musical. Hello, I'm Jake Leonard, the creator and host of this podcast, and I'm a freelance theatre director. Hello, Josh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What have you been up to in lockdown? The good thing about kind of being in some big profile shows like Wicked or Kinky Boots is that when it comes to times like this, people A, want entertaining still, and B, drama schools or like drama clubs, you know, for younger people, like looking for guest teachers. So I've been given quite a few opportunities to do some teaching, done a few kind of smaller online gigs, just kind of stuff from shows that I've done, shows that I haven't done, shows that I'd like to do through some uh, like charity Facebook pages. I'd had a short stint stacking shelves in Tesco it didn't last long I've got a friend who is a producer and obviously at the moment with everything closed nothing's really going on but he did have an opening at his company for somebody to come in and help out sorting through some admin stuff and potentially working on some new projects so actually interestingly for a large part of this lockdown I've kind of been working on what I'd say is like the other you know the other side of the business that I've never really experienced before I've just been grateful that people have been asking me to do things if I'm honest and it's just an opportunity to keep creative. What was the show that you were working on when lockdown happened? So I was in City of Angels which is a uh, musical by Cy Coleman um, set in like 1940s Hollywood about a writer trying to get his book his novel adapted detective novel into a film and it's kind of about you know Hollywood and how people are always playing each other and stuff like that and and it's kind of set in two worlds the world of the film that he's writing and the real world and the um, characters in his life are reflected in terms of what he's writing in the book so everyone's playing two roles so like his wife in 
real life plays the um, love interest of the detective in the novel because the, de the detective is essentially, you know, another version of him. And we were working with the most incredible creative team. Josie Rourke, who was the artistic director of the Donmar Warehouse, you know, incredible director. She was so knowledgeable about like the era. Like you could quite clearly see like she had studied and studied and studied what this era was, what it looked like in terms of film noir and that kind of seductive, jazzy, sexy, you know, era that, that it was within Hollywood. It was amazing and I was loving it. And we had done 10 previews and it was meant to be a limited run until September. So the future of the show is now very, very up in the air. Such a shame. And also, I think Broadway had shut mm. two days, like maybe two or three days previously. So we kind of knew it was coming, but we were in rehearsal and... Someone was like, oh, Boris is making his speech. People spread out within the auditorium, a few people on stage, a few people, I, I was sat in the auditorium and the lights were fully dark and somebody was watching it on their phone, but then our sound guy connected their phone into the sound system. So we were sat in like a dark, so that all the house lights were down. There was just some mood lighting on stage for whatever scene we were working on. And it was just Boris Johnson's voice playing through the sound system. And I was like, I felt like I was in a war film. So one of the other things that we're talking about on this podcast is is audiences and how important they are. And yeah. so we're sort of sharing positive experiences or significant experiences anyway, guests have had with audiences. I was part of a show for 15 months where the entire, you know, the audience reaction was entirely what made the show really. And that was Kinky Booth, the UK tour. That show is incredible because it changes, you know, obviously all theatre can has the ability to change the way that people perceive things and think. But what's incredible with Kinky Booth is that it has happens literally right in front of you you know you see people who are dragged in usually we always tell the story because you see it we see it every every night you see a guy dragged in by his girlfriend who's obviously clearly gone I've got tickets to the show, come on. And he's kind of sat there, not there by choice. I mean, I don't know how much you know about the show, but, you know, it's essentially about trying to, a guy trying to save a shoe factory through making boots for drag queens. And you would see the guy's face at the beginning and he would look so uncomfortable. But through the storytelling and through the performances, usually by the end, when we do this big uplifting finale like he would always be the first person standing up he'd been affected like he'd learn i think a massive part of homophobia and comments towards the queer community come from a place of the unknown a place of fear i don't know about it so therefore i'm a bit scared of it so therefore if i see somebody dressed in something i don't like you know a guy dressed as a girl whatever i'm gonna call it out they go and they watch something like kinky boots and they learn why people do it the joy they find in it the way it protects them and stuff like that and you know, maybe that guy will always think twice before he calls someone out on something like that, I like to think. We call it the tsunami of love. So the finale <laughs> is big. It's basically set on a runway in Italy and it's big, it's loud. Everyone's wearing these incredible thigh-high leather boots, guys, girls, all of it. And everyone's essentially having a party. And the reaction of the audience was sometimes deafening like the screams that would come when we finished that number in Glasgow I mean they know it's past in Glasgow anyway but the Scottish audiences in particular Glasgow like, you know you felt like the roof was going to come off because the cheers and the like the love and like the buzz in the room was just so to be fair I'd seen the show before I was in it and I'd so I'd been on the other side of that and I had experienced that kind of euphoric life is brilliant and I'm going to go out there and kick ass and take over the world and, and it's the same as a cast member you you leave the stage feeling life is really really good i hate it when people sort of say oh well you know musicals are just 
got a bit of fun and you know they are and there's nothing wrong with that for a start but also you can get people to change their minds over something quite you know quite a big issue and you, you do it by making them laugh and you do it by making them cry and you do it by showing them a different lifestyle and a different experience but that's the beauty of theatre is that it opens up so many different types of experiences you can cry you can laugh you can educate like you'd be educated that's it theatre's theatre's a form of education and i feel like theatre teaches empathy is vital you know plays musicals whatever the dance whatever the art form is vital in terms of like human connection i don't think any other no other job does it's what it's what art and culture and theatre is it's you know it's human connection the last thing that we do is that the guest picks a cause or a charity that they, they want to highlight. I would like to highlight an incredible charity called Acting for Others. So it's a charity made up of lots of different smaller charities. And essentially, they are raising funds to help support actors in this kind of really in uncertain time. What they usually do is it's, it's all about if an actor finds themselves out of work because of maybe injury or illness. And do, I say actors, it's not just actors, it supports creatives, directors, stage managers, backstage, front of house, and that's been able to help in terms of rent relief, you know, money for food, stuff like that. It's been lovely having you, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries. It's nice to just kind of sit down and, and reminisce and, and get passionate about what we love. So it's been a pleasure. So thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Missing an Audience, hosted by Jake Leonard, with music by Dave Morris, publicity design by Ben Hollands, and voiceover by Rebecca Klee. We'd love to hear your favourite audience experiences and how COVID-19 has affected you. So feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at Missing an Ord. If you want to donate or find out more about the charities our guest was talking about, you can find the links in the description below. In the meantime, keep safe, keep well, and be kind. Next time, we're joined by Artistic Director of Big Telly Theatre, Zoe Seaton. Always been interested about reaching an audience who may consider themselves not to be theatre goers. So a few years ago we did a production of The Little Mermaid in swimming pools and we were deliberately trying to reach an audience who would go to leisure centres but might not go to theatre. Because we're based outside and um, we're based in a tiny, tiny town which is nowhere near Belfast and Derry and most of the kind of arts activity in Northern Ireland happens in Belfast and Derry. We're very keen to make work outside theatre buildings as well as inside. We have a beautiful local theatre which we work closely with as well. So we've made work on the beaches, in the sea and in swimming pools and we're kind of quite water obsessed.